Hey, this is Bob Enyart. We're jumping right into a secretly recorded meeting with some Mormons at my friend Leon's home. Uh, Niall? Niall? Yep. Hi, Niall. I'm Bob. Nice to meet you, Bob. Nice to meet you guys. So Leon let me know that you guys were coming to talk to him, and I've studied the Bible for many years. In fact, I get to teach Bible studies. Super. And Leon's been coming to our Bible studies for probably 20 years. Very cool. Or more. Which faith is it with? Denver Bible Church. So I'm the pastor of the church, non-denominational. We're sort of like Baptist, if you wanted to compare us. But we're non-denominational, evangelical. Take the Bible literally as God's word. That God created us and he's revealed to us the truth and morality history of the world. True. So we talk now and then about Mormonism. Okay. Not all the time, but we definitely have come to the conclusion that Mormonism is not a true religion, and there's a handful of reasons for that. I don't know if you guys want to have just a free conversation, or did you have a plan? No, we have to just came to a free conversation. Yeah, we answered it. You guys would have questions, and so we're we're here to answer some of those questions. All right. So, a few things that to us are indications that the Book of Mormon is not true. It's not trustworthy, and that the Mormon Church and the leadership is not trustworthy. Is that they've changed the teaching on who God is? Okay. From Brigham Young through Lorenzo Snow, and even when Mitt Romney was running for president. It was pretty liberal, pro-abortion, pro-homosexual marriage, all that stuff. But his, I think it was the second cousin, was an elder of the church. And so Brigham Young taught that God the Father was once a man like we are. He grew up on an earth, a planet like Earth. And that if there was a God that didn't have a father, he wouldn't be worth worshiping. Lorenzo Snow repeated that as the president of the LDS church. Hinckley was the president until he died in maybe 2005 or so. And he did an interview with the San Francisco Chronicle. And this was in 1997. So he was the head of the church. And they asked him about the Mormon teaching that God the Father was once a man. And he sort of distanced himself from it. He said, well, we had this little couplet as we are, God once was, as God is, we may become. Mm-hmm. He said, we had a little couplet, but it gets, it's, involves deep theology, and we don't know much about that. So the change from Brigham Young, who was very explicit, we have you know, all the references, of course, sure. in his writings, Lorenzo Snow, even through, I think Mitt Romney's cousin's name was Marion Romney, I think. Elder Marion Did you Romney. Know Are you familiar with Mitt Romney? Well, yeah, with his cousin. Marion's a, a relative. I'm, I don't know what relation he has to, to Mitt. Yeah, I think he's a second cousin, something second, like that. Sure. He, he might be out Yeah, something like that. But anyway. But so for decades, the Mormon church taught that God the Father had a father. Mm-hmm. He originated somewhere, somehow. And that's uh, polytheism. That's paganism, that there are many gods and they all came from other gods. Okay. And so the fact that the foundation of the church 
was that corrupt on the monotheism of the scriptures is evidence if the foundation is bad, then the fruit is bad. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing. Another thing is that the American Indians are not descendants of the Jews. They came from Siberia. The evidence is overwhelming culturally, historically, anatomically. In so many ways, the evidence is overwhelming that they're not Jews. And that's one of the central historical claims of Joseph Smith's Book of Mormon. And, you know, there's a black tribe in Africa, the Lemda people, and they claim to be Jews. And sure enough, they have a dietary law and they have so many practices that are similar and they have Jewish genetic markers. Okay. Where there's so many alleles in the human genome, even in our blood proteins, that the American Indians share with Asiatics and not with the Jews. And so that's a historical claim. So a theological claim that God came from some other God. The historical claims of the Book of Mormon that the American Indians are Jews, which they're not. And then a moral claim we have from the official LDS websites. They're teaching on abortion, and that abortion, the baby in the womb, you know, a baby's made in God's image and God's likeness. It's wrong to kill a baby. It's not wrong to kill a baby because... Like, if I kill the baby, am I better off or not? That's not why it's wrong to kill a baby. It's wrong because the baby is a child made in God's image and likeness. Yet the Mormon church says, well, if the baby is severely handicapped, then you could kill the baby. It's wrong to kill a handicapped baby. It's wrong to kill any person because they're handicapped. And it says if the father was a criminal, like a rapist, then you could kill the baby. And it's wrong to kill a child. The Bible is explicit. You don't punish the child for the sin of the father. So theologically, saying that God came from some other God, that we don't know his name anymore, and historically that the American Indians were Jews, which they're not, and morally making excuses for killing babies. And so the Mormon church pretty much overwhelmingly supported Mitt Romney for president, yet Mitt Romney advocated killing kids aggressively. He instituted Romney Care, which paid for abortion on demand. And the whole state of Utah, predominantly Mormon, the Mormon church, didn't really seem to care that he advocated abortion on demand, tax-funded. They didn't care that he was the father of homosexual marriage because he instituted homosexual marriage in Massachusetts. They cared that he was a Mormon. So because he was a Mormon, he was overwhelmingly supported. Whereas Jesus would look at a leader, and just because he was a Jewish leader, Jesus wouldn't defend him. We need to recognize what he's doing is evil. So those are three reasons. The theology of God, the history of the Book of Mormon, and the morality, even to this very day, where the Mormon church says, if your baby's handicapped, you could kill him. If the father was a rapist, a criminal, you could kill him. Those are three powerful reasons to know that the Church, the Mormon church is not trustworthy. I've just got a question for you, Bob. Yes. Uh, I'm just curious, you know, what's what's been the, the effort behind seeking out the flaws in our church? What's been the effort? Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus said that many will come in my name mm-hmm. and say, I am the Christ, and they'll deceive many. Mm-hmm. So the Bible says to search the scriptures to see if these things are true. So there are so many claims, you know, Jehovah's Witness 
and Christian scientists, just flat out pagan religions. And so like the Bereans in the book of Acts, when the Apostle Paul came and said, Jesus Christ is the Messiah, they searched the scriptures to see if these things are so. So to claim that some of the Jews sailed across the Atlantic, they used the compass, Joseph Smith wrote, and he wrote that because he was ignorant. He didn't know. He saw in the 1611 King James that in the book of Acts it says they took a compass and went through the Mediterranean. He thought they, they used a compass. That wasn't invented until a thousand years later, a compass. But that was old English word for they took a circuitous route. They didn't go direct through the Mediterranean. They took a like a circle route and they stopped at different islands. But Joseph Smith thought that meant that they had a compass. So he taught that some of the Jews left Israel and they sailed, they used the compass, they sailed across the Atlantic and they founded this great American empire of buildings with machines, you know, particulars and all the description that was very fanciful that secular archaeologists do not affirm. Mormon archaeologists will affirm it, but not secular archaeologists. Whereas secular archaeologists in the Middle East, in Egypt, in Turkey, Greece, they hate Christians. They hate God. But they affirm the scriptures time and time again. In fact, a thousand times over. Mm -hmm. A scientist here in Denver, Dr. Ed Holroyd, he came to our church. He teaches at Metro State. He has been collecting coins from the Middle East that are described in the Bible, mentioned in the Bible. He's collected every coin mentioned in the Bible, every one. The Book of Mormon doesn't mention coins, it mentions monetary units, but archeologists have never found those monetary units. So you go from even the least mentioned coins in the Bible being found in abundance to a dearth of archeological evidence supporting the fabrications of Joseph Smith. And you begin with, in the beginning of the Book of Mormon, that you need two or three witnesses. So he has witnesses. They're named. And then a couple of those witnesses end up retracting their claim confirmation that this was all true. And then Joseph Smith said, you can only read these plates through special holy glasses. But then, you can only read them with those, but then he sent one to a professor that was at Columbia University for verification. And that professor wrote that this was clearly fabricated, amateurish, taking Egyptian hieroglyphs, writing them, putting some sideways, some upside down, and just all gibberish. So the witnesses to the Book of Mormon retracted their witness. The witnesses to Jesus Christ, they died. They died when they were told, deny Jesus Christ. And they died because what they saw they knew to be true. And so the, so the plates were fabricated, witnesses retracted, the history is fabricated, the theology is blasphemous to God that there's one God and he's eternal. And so the Mormon leadership has gone soft on that in the past few decades. That's good. It's good that they no longer strongly teach that. But it's undeniable that it's in the history of your founding leaders. And then the moral tragedy of saying there are some kids that you can kill because they're their father's crime or because they're handicapped. So for those reasons, we would plead with you to reconsider.
your trust that you've put in this in this institution that's devised by men. Bob, I'd, I'd simply remind you that Peter denied Christ three times. Those people that uh, allegedly retracted their witness never retracted their testimony of the church, never retracted their witness of the things they had seen. They simply left the church. And however, they all came back to the church, all I believe except for one. And uh, regarding the theology, Matthew 5.48 is, is what I go to, where we are, we're destined to become like God, we're commanded to become like God, excuse me, to become like God. And I, it, sounds, it sounds like this was, this was well planned. Um, you know, there are, there are a lot of things that, that make sense on paper, I'm, you know, with, with um, the Jewish race, not matching up with the, the American tribe. Excuse me, the American tribes, I don't, I don't know how to answer that for you. I don't, but I will not retract my witness of this church. Hmm. I absolutely will not do it. Could I ask you a question, Elder Stencil? Okay. If it turns out that American Indians are not descendants of the Jews, which is the central historical claim of the Book of Mormon, would you reconsider your trust in the Book of Mormon? No. Not at all. So even if we find out that its central historical claims are false, you'd still believe it. Uh, the Apostle Paul had more courage than that. He wrote to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 15. He said, the central historical claim of the New Testament is that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And he said, if Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, then our faith is in vain. We're wrong. We're wrong. And so I would encourage you guys, if you find out that central claims of the Book of Mormon are false, that you should reconsider. Because the Bible predated the Book of Mormon by 1,800 years. And it's the Bible that is the confirmed Word of God. When you quote Matthew, right, of course we're to be conformed to the image of Christ. But that's completely different than saying God the Father was once in our image, that he was a man, and that he attained to Godhood. That's a corruption. Were you taught that as you were coming through? I found that out when I was 14. That the early church believed that. So you were not taught that, which is good. Bob, we believe that we are commanded to be perfect in that scripture. And God would never give us a commandment that we couldn't fulfill. Now, we are imperfect, so we cannot be perfect in this life. If we are to be perfect, fulfilling a commandment, it would be in the next life. We believe in eternal progression. That was taught to me. So, right, but not that God the Father was once a man like us, and he attained to Godhood. That was taught to me. When you were 14? Yes, sir. But not before that? No, sir. When you were 14, was it taught to you that it's true? I've always known it's true, and that belief has come from within my heart. That, specifically, that God the Father was once a man. Do you believe that to be true? Absolutely. And the father of God the Father, he, he wasn't the first, according to Brigham Young. He wasn't sure. the first. And in fact, there's an infinite regression, potentially. Yeah. And so that there is, so polytheism is the opposite of, well, monotheism is that there's one God. Right. Polytheism, there's many gods. We only worship one. And you worship one, but there are many others. You don't have to worry about those. So the reason 
the Church of Jesus Christ has always recognized Mormonism as a cult is because it denies the God of the Bible, the God of Abraham, who is the only God. There is no other. And that is affirmed explicitly in the Bible. I am God, there is no other. From Isaiah to the New Testament uh, to the Shema Israel, uh, there's only one God. And so this pagan belief that our God was spawned from some other God uh, should, if you know the Bible at all, you should know that that is anathema to the Hebrew and the Greek scriptures, to the Old and New Testament. So what do you think happens after this life? We have an eternal soul, and it depends whether someone has humbled themselves before Jesus Christ or not, or is in rebellion. If they worship the one true God or if they worship one of many gods. So if they are identified with Jesus Christ through their trust in him, then when they die, they go to be with God in heaven. But what happens there? What happens in heaven? Mm -hmm. We have an eternity to enjoy God and enjoy one another. For those who don't believe, when they die, you know, our physical body, it's like our soul, spirit, is like tethered to our body. And so to someone who loves the Lord Jesus Christ, their body's like an anchor, and it keeps their soul, spirit down on earth. But as soon as they die, their spirit is separated from their body, physical death, and their body falls to the ground, and their spirit soars to heaven, and they're with God. But for the unbeliever their soul, spirit, is tethered to their body. And when they die, their spirit plunges into hell. There's nothing to hold it back. And they end up in hell, in Sheol, Hades. And and they live where they want to forever without the one true God. And so we live forever in heaven with God and one another. Believe that we're resurrected. At the resurrection, that's when those who are with the Lord attained to their glorified bodies. So our bodies, yes. So what would be the point of having bodies? Having bodies? In heaven. This is, you realize this is an extremely tangential issue to the three crucial issues we brought up, but it's worth talking about. But those that are the issues that keep people out of heaven because they believe in many gods in killing the innocent. Well, one God for you, and another God for others. That's many gods. But um, why would we have bodies? Uh, Jesus said that in this age, men marry and they're given in marriage. Uh, In the next age, uh, they don't marry. But that doesn't mean we don't eat, because in the book of Revelation, where it talks about our eternity in heaven, it shows that we have our sense of smell, touch, taste, hearing, sight. And so the way God made us to enjoy life, we will be enjoying life for eternity. The preparation we did for this, Leon asked me to come over. I was, we have a lot of kids. I work a few jobs. And I prepared in the car on the drive here. When we got here, Leon said, what are we going to talk about? And I wrote these three that's it. That's my preparation. Right? You did a lot of research about the Mormon church, huh? What's that? You did a lot of research. About the Mormon church? Yeah. 20 years ago. Since then, 25 years ago. Since then, I did two radio shows on the Mormons. Two. One with Professor Lynn Wilder, who 
used to teach at Brigham Young. She prepared young men like you guys to be missionaries. And she came on, we do a daily radio show for 25 years. She came every day. Every day, yeah. yeah. Five days a week. Except for Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah. We do a science show. And every Friday, we do a science show. Excellent. Uh, God and the Bible and the history of the world. She laid out some of the exact arguments I'm talking about now. And so that's why she left the LDS church. And uh, others in her family and friends left. And they came to the Lord to be born again. Like uh, born again, like you said, born again, like what? Born again, that we trust in Jesus Christ and him alone for salvation. And then he comes and lives with us. So when you trust in him, you're born once from your mother, but then we're dead to God. And so then we don't trust in man or man's religion. We trust in Jesus Christ. And then he says that we're born again. And only by being born again can you have eternal life. And being born again, John says later in his gospel that knowing God is eternal life. To know God, to have a relationship with him. And to be religious, that's not eternal life. The Pharisees, they were very religious. They believed the Bible. But they didn't believe in God. They were religious. And so we could be very religious and not know God. Well, I've got nothing else to say. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna budge. And it sounds like you've, you've both made up your decisions. But... John uh, three sixteen it says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life." For He sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. And we believe that Jesus Christ is the answer. He's the only answer. Yeah, he's the only answer that uh, we can return back to our Heavenly Father. Yeah. Who's there for us. So you're doing what many other groups do, like the Jehovah's Witness. No, when Jesus they, Christ was here on the earth, he, he did what we are doing right now. He preached to the people, and people denied him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's true. That. Yes. That's true. But when the Jehovah's Witness come, they say, we believe in Jesus. Yes. Jehovah is the same. But, but they don't believe that Jesus is the creator, God. In the Old Testament, 400 times, over 400, it says, Thus saith the Lord. In the New Testament, not one time. In the New Testament, it says, I say unto you, over 100 times, Jesus said, I say unto you. Because he is the Jehovah creator, God of the Old Testament. He is God. And there is no other God, as he says. And the scriptures say over and over. The scriptures affirm that Jesus Christ made the heavens and the earth. Yep. Yeah, he's our savior and our judge, and he's the only God. It's real, it's a blasphemous to him to say, well, there are other gods. We don't know their names. But they were before him. And you know, if you're before, you're greater. They were before him, and they gave... They gave birth to his father, God. That's heresy. I'm sad to hear that they're still teaching that. I had thought the Mormon church, because when uh, President Hinckley gave the interview in San Francisco, he made it sound like the church was leaving that position. But I'm sad to hear you were still taught it, because it's clearly paganism. 
or it's polytheism. I feel differently. What would change your mind if, 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 if the evidence were proven that Mormonism wasn't true? I would, I, mean, stop what, me, I would stop with my religion until I die. Regardless think, of the evidence? Yeah. Our evidence comes from God. It doesn't come from man. That's, that's... Yeah, we prayed about it. And uh, we have an answer to it that uh, what denomination we so, are in right now. We are so there's no the evidence that would sway you to reconsider? Yeah. Have you heard of Sun Myung Moon, the Unification Church? He's a Korean that yeah, yes. 100,000 Americans thought he was the Messiah. the Messiah, Jesus Christ, come back to earth. And back in the 70s, I went to one of their meeting houses in New Jersey. And they didn't want to tell you that Sun Myung Moon, this Korean guy, was the Messiah. They wanted you to know in your heart. And you had to know in your heart that he was the Messiah. God had to show it to you. They couldn't show it to you. And lo and behold, hundreds of thousands of people around the world believe that God showed them that he was the Messiah. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, this is in the book of Hebrews, faith is the evidence of things not seen. The evidence. So God gave his word as a historical document. It's the history of the world in the Bible. And the reason he did that is because it's evidence. We could read and we could know what happened to our ancestors. When you read the Book of Mormon, it is not history. It's not verifiable. It's false. So Why we, do you say that it's false? There are no elephants used by the American civilization. There are no machines, tooling machines. There are no monetary units described by Joseph Smith. The American Indians are not descendants of the Jews. It's all false. It's all false. There's not an army of archaeologists affirming that Joseph Smith was right on all, all these topics. Genesis, it, it goes back 4,000 years to Abraham, and archaeologists are still finding evidence that the details in Genesis are true. The, so, the contracts that were written, the, the vocabulary used, the you know, artifacts that are found, King David, the House of David, uh, the Seal of Hezekiah, from thousands of years ago. Archaeologists use the Bible to uncover, like I mentioned last night, they use the Bible to uncover cities, locations of, of these great cities. And the names of the cities, and then they find inscriptions using the names. When anthropologists study the Anastasi Indians in the Four Corners, they don't have the Book of Mormon in their tents, in their fieldwork. They don't bring the Book of Mormon. But throughout the Middle East, archaeologists have the Bible in their tents. And these are unbelievers. Because the truth of God is known to the world, not just to the few who believe, but to the world. Jesus did miracles, and his enemies could not deny it. One thing was said that makes me fear the most, and that elder stencil that if you found out that the American Indians were not descendants of the Jews, you would still believe. That's scary, because that's your eternal soul. 
And if you're willing to risk it for something that is false, that's so just... I'll risk it. I'll risk it, too. That's horrifying. Uh, we appreciate the food. We really do. Good. It's very well, kind of you to have us over. Thank you for coming over. Absolutely. I appreciate you. We'll remember you guys. If you ever want to come back, you're welcome. Well, not the Leon. I can't invite the Leon's answer. <laughs> That's okay. To the Andrew Bible okay. Church. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you. All right. Okay. Shake your hands again. Mm. Elder Nile. 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 Nile.